Well, hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Zeitcast once again. I am so happy to be back in Oklahoma City and to welcome the Right Reverend Cece Jones Davis. <laughs> Hey, John. Back to the show. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh, it was such a hit having you on before. And um, one of the great joys of the season of my life is all the things that we're able to do together. Uh, I'm not going to reintroduce you every time, but Cece, of course, is teaching pastor at the table. So um, I love that we get to collaborate here in Oklahoma City, but also now getting to do this together. So you were one of the people I said from the beginning, like, I want to twist your arm in terms of just being a, a regular contributor to come in. As often as you want, as often as, we, as I could prevail on you to be here, <laughs> to talk about anything and everything. But I thought a good place for us to start this week. So um, I hated that I was out of the country this past weekend and wasn't able to hear your talk in person. But yeah. I can tell you this, where was I? Sunday night I would have been in Holland still. My phone was blowing up um, with people saying how great that talk was. And I know that... The lectionary text was a provocative one, yeah. And I thought, like, I would love to just jump right in off of that. You don't have to re-preach the sermon necessarily. Yeah. You can if you want, but I just, I'd love to just hear your riff on that and just let it go, yeah, wherever you want it to go from there. Yeah. So, um, hey, folks, you know, so Sunday's lectionary um, included Luke chapter twelve and uh, verses. I think it's forty nine through like. I don't know, 54, I think. And um, these are the kind of passages that in all transparency, I like to kind of skip over if I can mm. um, and let Jonathan preach them because, <laughs> because, you know, it's like, you know, these are the hard teachings yeah. of Jesus, right? And so when I, I read the scripture all week long and I, it made me really uncomfortable and I really mm. did not know what in the world I was going to say about it. And so I showed up on Sunday. I did not have a note Mm. You, I'm a manuscript preacher. I did not have anything written on a piece of paper anywhere. I was nervous as I'll get up. But, um, but I literally just felt like we needed to kind of just sit with the passage as a mm. community. And I want to read it so that y'all know what I'm talking about. So Luke 12, starting at 49. <clears throat> excuse me, I've got something in my throat today. So sorry if I'm coughing a lot. I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism um, with which to be baptized and what I stress and what stress I am under until it's completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided Father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say it is going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say there will be scorching heat and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Mm. So for me, you know, that passage is like so, so loaded. Yeah. But the, the, the thing that, you know, hops out and stays with me is this, this idea that Jesus brings division. Mm. And that's really, that's really tough for me because, mm. you know, um, 
I, I like unity. I like mm-hmm. to think about unity. I like to think that that's what the that's what Jesus is all about. You yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. like to think that um, being togetherness is what the church is all about. And I know, you know, that it's it's one of those words that we hear so much in our congregations: unity, unity, unity. Mm-hmm. And I've really started to like pay more attention to the use of that word in the mm-hmm. last, I would say, five or six years, mm-hmm. when there's been so much social unrest yeah. in in our country. And so Sunday really for me was about having to sit with Jesus' own words and saying, "No, I came to bring division." Mm. And and really, you know, what could that possibly mean? Mm. You know, what could that possibly mean? And I was, I, I just thought, you know, if Jesus came to bring division, yeah. then can division, is division a bad thing? Mm. You know, like, is division always a bad thing? We look, we think about it in a bad way mm-hmm. as Christians. I think mm-hmm. most of the time, I know I have. Mm-hmm. But if Jesus brings it, is there a blessing in division? Mm. And so Sunday, we just took time to kind of um, talk about that and to mm. talk, you know, with the people that were in the room about, you know, have there been ways in your life that division has wow. been a blessing? Mm. You know, we've been a, a people, when I say a people, you know, we Christians, we've been a people that that huddle together and stick together and, and like that idea. Mm. And, and I do, too. Mm. But the elephant in the room, yeah. especially right now, is that we're not all together. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're not all unified. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean about us mm. as a group? What does that mean about us as individuals? Yeah. You know, what what is the if this is our current state, then what is the goal? Like, mm. like you know, what is what is the ideal picture of the church? Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Each of us kind of just went around and talked about how division is playing in our lives right now. Mm. Like the scripture talks about, you know, um, yeah. father against son and mother against daughter, etc. I mean, so many of us are experiencing that, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like a sense of of um, grief, yeah. you know, that comes with forms of division, a sense of... Um, you know, just overall sadness or confusion mm. that comes with division, mm. you know, because a lot of us are not completely um, carrying forward the tradition, the spiritual traditions of our ancestors yes. or the spiritual traditions of our family members or our parents. Yeah. And and that's, that, that's really tough. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's really, really, really tough. And is there a blessing? Mm. Well, you know, uh, I, it seems to be in some ways. You know, mm-hmm. some folks talked about the fact that, you know, being able just to not have to delve deeply into fellowship with with people who are so very, very, very different on important things right now mm-hmm. is a form of self-care, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I get, and I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, that some folks talked about how division for them right now is helping to bring a sense of clarity mm-hmm. about who they mm-hmm. are, about what they genuinely do believe, yeah. and what they genuinely don't believe or what they don't know about yeah. anymore. Yeah. And so there are some ways mm. we found on Sunday that the pain of mm-hmm. division 
can can be a blessing. So interesting, Cece. I mean, Carlos Rodriguez was on the show yesterday, and we had uh, we had part of that conversation specifically the thing about I don't know just the just our own experience of some of that kind of division and the pain of that mm-hmm. and trying to you know one of the things I'm struck with is that you know when you talk about how much rhetoric there is around unity because who doesn't love the rhetoric of unity of everybody loves unity absolutely I mean. Martin Luther King has been practically turned into, he might as well be Ronald McDonald or Santa Claus. It's like he's a symbol of friendship and love. Like Everybody loves, like it wants to make everything about unity. But what I hear a lot now when I hear people talk about unity, it's not unlike in the prophet Jeremiah when it says, you know, the false prophets, you know, they're saying peace, peace, but there is no peace. Right. It's like, you're saying unity, unity, but... But there is no unity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's like it just feels like a lot of that talk is so empty that the rhetoric of unity when there's not a when there's not union. Yeah, um, that's so good. Is, is, you know, can can be damaging in some ways. I tell, you, I tell you a question I have, though, and I really I don't know, have any idea where you go with this. I, it's just it's 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 for me, it's just an interesting thought. So when I was teaching on this trip, um, I. Ironically enough, in context of talking about the very open table of Jesus, I was using that passage in Corinthians, I guess that's 1 Corinthians 11, mm-hmm. where Paul is talking about, um, the, you know, criticizing the table practice of the church at Corinth. And his critique there, which I think is, you know, so often been understood by people to be, you know, a way of saying uh, people were coming to the Lord's table. They were coming to the Eucharist, to the communion with sin in their lives. It's really not what Paul is saying. He says they're coming to the table in an unworthy manner. Mm-hmm. And he says what that, what, how he defines that is that uh, he says the same divisions exist among them that exist in the world so that the table practice of the church mirrored the table practice of the world. So just like as it was in broader uh, Greek or Roman culture, that the wealthy, the wealthy patrons of the community would get to eat all they want, drink all they want, and people who were uh, poorer, had less influence, affluence, then they get the scraps, mm-hmm. then that's what's happening at the Lord's table. Mm-hmm. So the critique is, it, it's not generic division. The same division that exists in the world exists here. And yet when Jesus talks about how he comes to bring division, I'm wondering, like, what is the difference between the division that Jesus brings and the kind of division that exists in the world apart from Jesus, or is there a difference? Yeah. I think maybe, maybe, maybe one of the differences, or maybe the difference is the purpose mm. of the division. Um, when we are dividing ourselves in in the world's context, um, we are doing so based upon ideas around like uh, elitism and mm. hierarchy and. Um, you know, just the idea that, you know, we are better than others in some mm-hmm. way, right? That's the purpose of division yeah. is to, is to you know, keep, keep this group of people here, keep those group of people there, and so that we can all live comfortably in our mm-hmm. tribes or in our circles. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, maybe the purpose of 
Jesus division. I mean, Jesus is all about the kingdom, right? So it has to be a kingdom purpose. And I wonder right now if kind of like the season that we're living in, and I don't know how long, I haven't been conscious enough to know how long this, like when this season started, and I surely don't know how long it'll last, but maybe, maybe... Maybe there is a purpose around the rebirthing of the church. Mm. You know, when I think about the church as a body, Mm -hmm. like as the body of Christ, Mm. and this might be a little bit much for some people, but literally the image I get is a birthing woman, Mm. you know, and I have never seen a birthing woman or I've never heard of a birthing woman giving birth with her knees together. Mm. And so there has to be there has to be a, a change of position. There mm-hmm. has to be a rearrangement of things. There has to be right. a moment, yeah. you know, where where that woman goes through. My grandmother would say would knock on on the hell's door, mm-hmm. you know, in the birthing process, and understanding that this body there's some changes that have to happen with this body. Yeah in order to bring forth the new thing that Jesus is doing. Wow. And so and so the purpose of division, you know, mm-hmm. in my imagination has to do about the king the advancement of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. not about me personally. Mm-hmm. Not about you personally, mm-hmm. not about whoever they are, not about them personally. Yeah. But about the fact that we really are instruments mm. for the coming forth of whatever God is doing next. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, that's the way that it makes sense to me. Mm. That's the way that it makes sense to me. That if he wow. came to bring division, yeah. it has to be for kingdom purposes. It, it's not about it's not about us or them or mm-hmm. you and me. It's mm-hmm. about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's about restoring, reconciling humanity to himself, ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. And so this, this moment of birthing mm-hmm. makes the body uncomfortable. Yeah. This moment of birthing makes us look a little crazy, mm-hmm. you know? This moment of birthing um, requires that we, that we sweat a little, mm-hmm. that we... You know, that we reposition ourselves so that this thing can come forth. Mm. Um, that's the only that's the only sense that I can make out of the division that Jesus brings. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, same thing, you know, he says, I didn't come to bring peace. And another uh, thing, maybe Matthew, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. You know, that's one of those other things. You know, we, we like mm-hmm. our Jesus very not nice and tidy. Mm-hmm. You know, we like our Jesus very Christ-like, yeah. you know. And we we have gotten these uh, notions and ideas about what it means to be Christ-like. Yeah. When, you know, when in our minds being Christ-like is about, I saw, I saw you said something the other day that I was really good and true. Um, for us, being Christ-like has become more of a, politi- a political move in terms mm-hmm. of we want to be polite. Mm-hmm. We want yes. to be nice. Yes. When really Jesus has come that yeah. we might be good. Yeah. Right? And so something about this division, something mm-hmm. about this sword that he brings, mm-hmm. to, in my mind, has it ha- must have something to do with the fact that Jesus is not as involved in our politics around niceness yeah. as he is around um, the common good wow. mm. and the overall good of humanity. Mm. Mm. Well, that image, Cece, you used was so powerful because like, if you 
if you think of division only as, um, okay, we have this mass of people together and we're going to lose some of them or have less, you know, that's one thing. But if Jesus talks, there are all these images, of course, in John's gospel, other places about fruitfulness, you know, that if we're abiding Christ, Christ's words abide in us, then we'll bear fruit. And I think of something, if it's not fruit producing anymore, if there's not new life, right. if it's no longer, um, if, if, if there is no real union that's, uh, that brings procreation anymore, mm-hmm. then, you know, ultimately that, that organism is going to kind of shrivel and die. Yeah. So it almost, felt, you know, you wonder then if there's not a way in which there has to be division so that the organism that is the church can be fruit bearing again, because if it's not going to actually be something that is life giving Mm -hmm. for sons and daughters in the future, if it doesn't provide a meaningful future for them, if it's not going to, if it doesn't bear fruit, you know, that which doesn't bear fruit, we know kind of cut off into the fire, which I think is, has nothing to do with like eternal torment, but everything to do with like, it just, uh, it's useless, you yeah. know, at a certain point. It, it's, it's, it's just useless. It's cast aside. It's rubbish, you know. Yeah, totally. It's like, you know, a, a shedding of skin. Yes, like, yes. The ways in which even through God's natural world, we see how uh, we see the process of renewal. We mm-hmm. see the process of restoration. We see the uh, the process of um, becoming something else, mm. whether it's uh, obviously we love in the church the whole imagery around you know the uh, caterpillar into the butterfly, you yeah. know, or you know when we think about just j- just the, the ways that nature shows mm-hmm. us that mm-hmm. there is a there's a season for everything, and then when that season is over, there's a process by yes. which the leaves die, yes. you know, and, and then they come back. Or there's mm. a process by which a snake sheds his skin, mm. and then he's, he's, he looks something, you know, a little bit different. There's, mm-hmm. there's, um, there's a, even in the natural world, I think God shows us so much about the mm. signals of outgrowing something. Wow. And I think, mm. you know, in a lot yeah. of ways, a church, the ch- we might find ourselves as the church, as people, as Christians, as people in the church, as people mm. who love God, we might see ourselves outgrowing yeah. the skin that we've been in for a long time. But so mm. many of us, including myself, mm-hmm. have so much fear around what it means to come on out of that skin. Oh, for sure. Yes. Me and too. rightfully so. Yeah, like yeah. it makes it makes total sense to have a lot of fear around mm-hmm. that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, yeah. That's that's deep, Cece. It really is because I mean, I, you know, I have my own fear. I think all of us do. But this idea that's just kind of part of the the life cycle, not something to be afraid of. Yeah. And it doesn't turn individual people into bad people. That's what I hate around conversations like this. Is that you know, it's not. I think everybody takes it as, you know, it's not trying to render individual judgments on people. But I do think, you know, you know I mean, Phil Stickle's whole thing about, you know, every 500 years, there's a kind of reformation. At a certain right. point, right. something just gets to the end of a life cycle. Yeah. And it's not useful anymore. It's not, it's no longer achieving its intended purpose or its end. And God has to do something else. And of course, it's scary. I'm, I mean, I... I talk about, I feel like I talk about this stuff all the time, and yet I'm as afraid as anybody about what comes next. I don't know. Of course. I do know that, like, when we're no longer, like Romans talks about, entering into that, 
groaning and sighing for what's to come when there aren't birth pangs, it, it, it's not a good place to be. And I think that's, but I think that's the kind of comfort that a lot of us had lived in for a long time where we just, there wasn't groaning, there wasn't sighing, there wasn't birth pangs. There was just, you know, uh, equilibrium and stability and like yeah. whatever. And of course God's going to have to disrupt that in some yeah. way. I had, um, Cece, I had an experience and, you know, I, uh, I recorded a, a podcast the other day that I decided not to publish. And I don't think I am anytime soon because I think I had a handful of experiences when I was on this trip that were so powerful, but that were just, that were just very personal. And they felt like it was still just a little too tender, like, you know, not that it would be inappropriate to share or that hurt somebody else's feelings, but just, it was just, just tender stuff. But I, I feel like I could share this much. I had, um, Last, actually, it's funny because we were different time zones, but when I was getting ready to speak this past Sunday night, it was actually two minutes before I got out on stage. And I I just felt like for, for a number of different reasons, most of them were random. There wasn't any one particular thing that happened, but I just felt like I was real heavy because of some of the division I've experienced in my own life. I was, for some reason, it was like the the film reel was just flickering. I kept thinking of people that had been in my life that aren't now in the same way and feeling the grief of it. And it's almost like I was experiencing it simultaneously. Like I couldn't, I was feeling it all. Like this is just too much. Like this is just too heavy. Because, you know, when I'm really feeling that, there are times where um, no matter how confidently I might say something in preaching or something, of course you second guess yourself and you wonder, am I the one who's crazy or whatever? Like I really was unsettled. And there was a guy there, a new friend. I mean, he's a pastor, singer, et cetera, but who came over to me and like he's, um, he was trembling, he was crying, but he laid hands on me and he, he had this whole word. And without going into the details, because some would be, it's just very particular, but he spoke in such a powerful way into that in terms of basically the, the, the gist of it that I feel like I could say was that, that. I, that God sees that in these things that I really am placing my trust in him. And this has come from a simple, sincere place of trust. And basically God's saying like, just that I, that I have you in this mm-hmm. almost a way of saying, be all right with letting those people go. And some of them I'm going to bring full circle, but like, yeah, this is me. No, you're not like you're, you're clinging to me. Like, just like, it was just, it was just, I, I just needed that encouragement and validation because I think my, I feel so destabilized my own world has changed so much. You know, when your own constellation of relationships like feels upside down, you know, you do, you wonder like, am I crazy? Because I don't want to, I don't want to bring a sword. I'm like, you know, I know I'm not, I know I'm not Jesus. So I want to be so cautious about that. And yet, I don't know. I do kind of feel like right now, part of what it means to be in sync with Jesus is that some of these dynamics do come into play. So I don't even know what to do with any of that. It's just yeah, stuff I'm feeling. you know, I worry about people who are very sure. Mm, yeah. You know? Yes, I yes. worry about folks who, <laughs> like, who approach approach this, whatever we are, whatever season we're in with the church right now. Mm. I, I worry about people who approach it without fear and trembling, yeah. you know, because yeah. this is holy work. Like yes. this is a holy thing and something that is completely other than us and, mm-hmm. and something that like um, doesn't belong to us, mm-hmm. even though we are a part of, you right. know what I mean? Um, and so I, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's completely healthy, like to be... Um, a a rebel or a person who mm-hmm. is who pushes against 
the grain or to be on the fringe of whatever the culture is, Mm -hmm. but to be there with a little bit of angst. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that a lot of times Mm -hmm. we try to like act like, you know, we're just, you know, we're just so strong about all of this or that the, the relationships that we lose along the way or the people who don't understand kind of what Mm -hmm. our processes are currently or where, where we are journeying to in some ways, Mm. um, we try to act like none of that affects us, right? You know, and it very much affects us, mm. you know, which is why we try to stay in that old skin because right. we try to avoid the pain of division, yes, yes you know, and yes. what all of that will look like and what all of it will mean. I just, you know, I if if I'm on the fringe, doggone it, I want to be there with some fear and trembling. Yeah, I hear that because mm-hmm. I'm very clear that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't know much. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. know that I'm led in particular ways and that I that my honesty find brings me to particular um places in my life and in my thinking. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know in part and I see in part and I'm very clear on that. Yes. You know. Yes. Um but I'm I'm so glad for those moments when yeah. like we can get those kind of confirmations. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? From mm. from other from other people of God to say, you know, you're okay. Yes. And yes. where you are might not yes. feel like you're okay, right. but you're okay. Mm. You're still deeply mm. loved. Mm. God sees you, he's with mm. you. Mm. Like, man, look, I will take any day of the week the scripture that says I will never leave you or forsake you. Yes. Like that's just about, you know, one of my favorite scriptures and I can mm. ho- listen if I I can hold on to that yeah you know yeah. that God will not leave me that God yes. will not forsake me yes. and I can hang my hat on it it's beautiful. but it's it's so amazing and so beautiful when God will do that when God mm-hmm. will send people to us mm-hmm. man I had a couple of those and it's getting that stuff to happen all the time to me and I don't know everybody out there feels about these kind of words but the way that it felt very legitimate. There was another person who kind of had a word that was in that spirit. But was, I remember that phrase in particular. You are called to be a man who goes against the grain in your time. So I think like, I think there's something to it. But I love that idea of going against the grain, but with angst. Yeah. But with tension. Because I don't, I don't know that it could possibly be healthy to kind of be out there in that way and be too resolved. I don't know that we're supposed to be unaffected. So I think there's a part of me mm-hmm. that still thinks I should be unaffected. And I think I just need to let go of that expectation because mm-hmm. I don't think that's where the imitation of Christ is either. Like I think, I don't think Jesus necessarily models being unaffected. We have these very, you know, Greek stoic ideas of God being unmoved, etc. I think part of what it means to have your heart out there and to be vulnerable means that, you know, there's plenty of times when you feel it and and you feel yourself kind of shaking in the wind and 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 just being all right with with not being all right mm-hmm. in that way because I tell you and I don't say this with um any judgment towards anybody else but it is what makes me nervous when people go from kind of cuz I see I think sometimes what especially happens to people who are in a certain kind of church culture it's so rigid and certainty is an idol and you learn that as a way of spirituality so that even when you react against it that's that's still the way that's ingrained in you. So then the way you react, then everything still becomes, you're so sure, you're so yeah. certain, everything's decisive. Yeah, that's not... You're right and they're wrong. And I just like, I just, that the spirit of that, I just think can't be 
where God wants us, you right. know? I, I, yeah, I haven't, I have not seen that spirit um, be helpful, right, for anybody. Nope, nope. You, you know what I mean? Um, and I think if we really take a, a dive, a deep dive into um, church history, um, you know, the scripture is right, man. You know, there is nothing new under the sun. Yes. You know, and we are not today in a place where. Some folks were, weren't 500 years ago. That's right. You know, or, and 1,000 years ago and 1,500 years ago and 2,000 years ago. You mm. know, all of us are really, I, I truly believe that all of us, if not the, if, I mean, the vast majority, if not all, are really genuinely doing the best that we can. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, genuinely trying to, Honor the scripture mm-hmm. gen- as, as best as we can understand mm-hmm. the scripture. Mm-hmm. Generally trying to live lives um, by the spirit. Mm-hmm. Genuinely trying to, um, to please God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I truly believe, I truly believe that. And I think mm-hmm. we just need to give each other some slack. Yeah. Because even yeah. those people who are like, you know, this is what the Bible says, and this is what I believe, and they—they're doing their best, yeah. and they are trying yeah. to understand a very, very complicated, mm-hmm. but beautifully inspired mm-hmm. book, yeah. the Word sure. of God. That's sure. what I call it. Sure, you know. And so, um, I just—I feel like, you know, every now and then, even recognizing the divisions that are among us, and they are very real mm-hmm. because they are currents that are taking us that we can't avoid. That's right. You know, we can't we can f- fight against them, but like, yeah. why? There are currents that are kind of just taking us in the directions that we're going. I believe, and um, we all just kind of need a little bit more grace yeah. and patience mm-hmm. because we all, I truly believe, we're trying to get this right mm-hmm. in terms of how to live as Christians. Mm-hmm. I really believe that the majority of us yeah. are trying really yeah. hard to to please and honor God. Most of us are trying our best mm-hmm. and. You know, uh, we're getting it wrong along the way, yeah. but I still believe that the Spirit of Christ prevails mm. in all in all time, mm. in all space. Mm. I truly believe mm. that, and I believe that that is our mm. salvation for the moment that we're yeah. that we're that we're living in, the moment of division. Yeah. To be more to be more specific, what a, it's interesting, Cece. What a both and that is, because I felt on the one hand, like I felt the very premise that you set up out is that okay. Jesus brings division, therefore there must be a blessing in division, and yet also recognizing the fact that most people are walking in the light as best as they can see it. Mm-hmm. So accepting the reality of division and the blessing of it. And yet, to me, what you know, what can be really critical, and this might seem like minute, but I think can be so important, is that I think at the heart of what judgment is, like really to judge, is to impugn motive. And to assign motive. Mm-hmm. That's where I feel like I get checked sometimes. Like there are certain things in terms of like what's happening in the world that I think, you know, um, people like us, like a lot of us, we feel called to speak to in a certain way. Like, okay, we here is the image of God in another human being that's being denied. So we have to bear witness to that in some way. Yeah. But what I don't feel like I have permission to do is even where I feel like people get that wrong is to impugn their motives. Like, I feel like that's like, that That to me is is the heart of what judgment is, is when like, okay, people might be very wrong in how they're responding to something. I might think they're very wrong, but I don't have a right 
to 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 judge their hearts in that way. And I feel like so that's a, that's a, that's it. And I think it's it's challenging, of course, to try to speak prophetically and to bear witness and not to enter into that kind of judgmental spirit. Yeah. But I think if we can avoid it, it keeps our souls kind of in the free and clear. You know, I've even or even a, a distinction like this, and maybe this didn't sound helpful. Like there are certain voices right now that I feel pretty confident in terms of what I understand about Jesus and the gospel to where I would say, okay, I, yeah, I don't hear anything of the gospel and what you're saying. But there's a big difference in that and saying, I don't think they're Christians. I have no judgments whatsoever about right. where they stand with God. Now, I can, I can say like that message is not the message of Christ. Right. But in terms of like having some kind of judgment about their soul, like I really don't. And I think those distinctions actually are fairly important. They are extremely important. I think, you know, uh, the scripture, for those of us who like work in justice work, um, I know a scripture that's really important to me is we wrestle not against flesh and blood, yes. but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm. And um, the more I work in justice, the real, the more that becomes very real for me. Like mm. when we're dealing with systemic problems and yeah. structures that are, um, that are that have ingrained racism or yeah. ingrained um, sexism or whatever the, whatever the ism is. You know, uh, that really is a principality. You know what I mean? Um, And so we can we can be kind to people and uh, um, offend spirits all day long. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. As long as we, and, and sometimes that gets a little bit muddy, but sure. as, as, long, as long as we can keep as clear as we can the fact that, you know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying here is not new. It's not in that, it's not, it's, it's not inherent to that person. This yes. is a, this is something much bigger. Yes. This is, this has to be addressed in a much bigger way. Yeah. Like the, the spirituality behind what is at work, the spirituality mm-hmm. around racism, mm-hmm. the spirituality around all of these things that keep us divided in the world that we live mm-hmm. in, you know, mm-hmm. that have nothing at all to do with mm-hmm. the, the, the division that Jesus talks about in terms of kingdom. Yes. Um, we wrestle. We don't wrestle against people, that's and right. that's hard sometimes. Yeah. you know what I mean. Depending it on feels what, like we are. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, depending on what kind of like which news sources you mm. prefer, like you know, you would totally look at these news sources and be like, oof, like you know, you see these people and it's like, good lord, mm-hmm. you know. But it's 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 bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we really yeah. have to work hard to keep ourselves aware of that so that we are not attacking people because yes. that's not God's yes. will yes. but we are attacking the the thing the issues that mm-hmm. that that are at the surface that keep people from being free. Yes, I, I love that CC. And I think part of where I find that language to be so helpful. And I know that for some people maybe any notion of anything of spirits seems archaic or whatever, but especially if you're not drawing hard and fast distinctions between, you know, spirits, principality as embodied systemic realities. I think that's also like a both and not either or. Part of what it does is in a way that doesn't absolve anybody from taking responsibility. Of course, we're all responsible for our actions, Mm -hmm. but it, it does give us a way to be compassionate towards people. I mean, who is more oppressed ultimately than the oppressor. People are actively actually blinded. Right. These are blinding forces. Right. And 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 like when you are enslaved and when you um 
when you are kind of trapped in the algorithm, in the loop of like these false messages, like, I mean, you are trapped. You are in fact trapped and you are in need of like liberation. And I think if we're able to retain that perspective, um, it enables us to still see the image of God with people that, you know, in people where we have deep disagreement. And it retains the possibility there, I think, then to, not in every case, but at least in some cases, that to maintain relationship where transformation is still possible. Because, you know, as so long as we're able to see those spiritual dynamics, as opposed to vilifying people, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I just think that gives us a, a way to look at people around us with with a lot more tenderness. I, I, I totally agree, man. You know, blessed are the merciful. <laughs> yes, yes. We, you know, they will obtain mercy. And, you know, um, I try to keep at the forefront of my own mind how, how in need I am of mercy yes. on a regular basis. Yes. That helps me. I'm not perfect at that at all. But it helps me every now and then uh, give me perspective on, you know, okay, how do you, how do you respond back to that yeah. Facebook post? Or yeah. how do you communicate with this person who you know, who has said something really, really offensive and mm-hmm. don't even realize it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Man, you know, the twins, man, grace and mercy, mm-hmm. yes. you know, are, yes. are so crucial, I think, yes. in seasons like this of great division. Because, you know, we can go we can go up along our different paths and that's right. fine, but we do need to, as best as we can, I think, have clean and clear hearts. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because, um, man, we need to be as as unburdened yes. spiritually yes. and burdened in our unburdened in our souls and in our hearts as possible so that we can do the work of he who sent us. That's right. You know, That's I don't right. know about how other people operate, but when I'm all like I've got a whole lot of crud in my yeah. heart, yeah. man, I can't concentrate nope. well. You know what I mean? Nope. I can't, you know, I can't I'll read this Bible and I don't even see what's there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I have a lot of crud in my heart. And mm-hmm. so uh it's just you know, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's possible for us to be involved in whatever God is yeah. doing in this season on different tracks. Because yes. I think eventually, like it has every 500 years, it'll come right. full circle. It'll it'll meet again somewhere. Yeah. And we just kind of have to trust the process and love each other the mm-hmm. best way we can in the in the meantime. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, uh, that, you know, the demoniac and Mark, my name is Legion for we are many. It's like I just think... When we enter into that kind of judgment and we live there, there is a fracturing. And I think because, you know, I don't care. There aren't many things, laws that I think are absolutely universal, always true. But I think this is true no matter who you are, uh, where you come from, how holy you are, how much you pray, what kind of good work you've done in the world. If you allow yourself to be caught up in judgment, inevitably, inevitably, at some point, you completely lose the capacity for self-critique. I think that's exactly what Jesus gestures at in Matthew 7. That's the, you know, you've got the beam in your eye trying to take the speck out. When you enter into that kind of judgment, you just, at some point, your your own sense of perspective will become so skewed. In all honesty, that really does scare me. Like, as much as I'm, you know, I'm not afraid of God being judgmental or wrathful the way I used to be, but stuff like that scares me because mm-hmm. I do think like we can be left to our own devices. Mm-hmm. And the idea of me and because I know I can be stubborn, like um, like maintaining a posture and an attitude of judgment to where then my whole way of looking at people and life could be that off, mm-hmm. you know, and not and not knowing that. And which again happens as can happen as easily for people who are completely non-religious as people who are deeply religious. You know, that's just what judgment does. Yeah. 
This is where Carlos and I talked about this in a different direction, but it's why, again, no shaming, certainly no judgment, no finger pointing, whatever. But I think it's why it's just like this kind of work, resistance, justice, all the things we talk about. It's where I just think spirituality is so important because otherwise it's just, you know, you just end up bitter, yeah. pissed off, isolated. It's just a, it's just a bad place to live, man, you know? Man. It's an unhappy place to live. Man, without the spirituality, man, of this of all of this, you know, we don't have hope. That's right. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, to delve into the critical issues that are around us in terms of practically how to love our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah. Um, man, it requires a lot of hope and mm-hmm. it requires a lot of faith. Um, because there are still things in front of us that we wish were not here, but here they are. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And um, we need we need that we need that hope to to be able to kind of project ourselves into yeah. a future space to say, you know, I am I am hoping for what I have not mm-hmm. yet seen. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. that's what faith is. Yes, and that's why so many people, and I know though that is what you know, and the justice work. Aspect of um, of my ministry. That's what kind of keeps me going. It's yeah. projecting myself towards something that I have not seen yet, but I believe is there. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you that idea in Romans twelve of of the renewing of the mind. I just think that sort of that um, that kind of perspective where you're able to. I don't know. This even Dr. King's the the moral arc of the universe is long, but bent toward justice. You don't. I don't think you just wake up every day with that. Like without some kind of spiritual practice, without some way of like grounding yourself. Yeah. If you're just caught up in the current of your Twitter feed, you're not going to get to that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think just coming in out of the storm, and that's that's where I find the feel the need for a lot of people not not living in denial, not burying your head in the sand, but coming in out of the storm, yeah. have, having some practices, having a community of people around you yeah. where you where, that, where it is sane and safe. Like every, people just need that so much right now. People do need that. And um, before I forget it, I think uh, in terms of what we talked about on Sunday, um, the, other, the other part of the scripture that I thought was so amazing is that Jesus says to the crowd, you know, you all can discern where the wind comes from, mm. what direction you can discern, like when it's going to rain, but you have no discernment basically about the times that you're living, mm. you know, and he calls them hypocrites, mm. you know. Um, I, you know, I've been a, a mystic for a long time. Like for me, that's a part of being a charismatic. Yeah. That's a part of being Pentecostal, Yeah. you know, and those are not identities that I'm willing to share. Sure. Um, but I, and I said this on Sunday and I'll say it here. I have never had more of an appreciation for common sense in my entire life than I do right now. Interesting. I, you know, um, I want to be able to just plainly see. Yeah. And I want to be able to see spiritually and I want to be able to see practically. Wow. And I want to be able to mm-hmm. trust my intuition enough mm-hmm. to say, okay, now that looks crazy. Mm-hmm. Or, no, that's not it for us. Yeah. Or when something in my body reacts to something negatively mm-hmm. to know that that's my signal that something is not right instead yeah. of spiritualizing it away. Yes, yes. Instead wow. of you know, pulling out some 
some, you know, quote that I don't even understand to justify what it is or rationalize Mm -hmm. what it is I'm experiencing. And if all this conversation around division and all of the realities that we're facing around division in the church right now, that's one thing that I would like to um, bring to the forefront today, Mm. that our common sense is is good. Mm. Our common sense is okay. That we should be able to call a spade a spade, that we should be able to to discern a lot more clearly yeah. what is kind of happening around us, yeah. not in every way, but definitely some ways. Yeah. And the ways in which I feel like the church is, as, as, um, as a majority, mm-hmm. um, is not able, is, is, is creating, has created so much mysticism around what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, we just need to be able to, <laughs> to come back in fellowship with our common sense, mm-hmm. And to know that our common sense is not our enemy. Yeah, well. And hold our mysticism and hold all the things that, you know, but but unravel some. Right. To be able to um to be able to call a spade a spade. Mm. Because everything that's going not that's going on in our world right yeah. now, it's not like it's not um uh, it's not like science or it's not like mystical. Mm. It's not like Outside of our reach of understanding, right? You know what I mean. Like this, some of this stuff is not out of our reach. That's, a, that's so. This is so good, Cece, because I've, I've spent so much time trying to get my head around how is it that people that ostensibly have a kind of depth of spirituality and believe in prayer and revelation and all these kinds of things, how do you get? But like, because I think we ha- we have a lot of faith systems where the idea is almost like okay. Well, you know, if you read this upside down and do crossword puzzles in Greek and Hebrew in such a way to where like you can't, you, you, you deny reality, like, like what's right in front of your face. Like you, and, especially, and that's so crucial right now because reality is so in question. Like um, reality is, is up for debate. Uh, it's digitally distorted. Who's reality? Who's what news are you listening to? Reality is such a question. So now that like, when you lose like just the most basic capacity to just, you know, that, that sort of common sense, that, or that, that kind of most basic kind of intuition to know like what's happening, to, to be able to discern what's happening right in front of you and everything's spiritualized and everything's three-dimensional chess. Mm-hmm. Well, no wonder you come up with such crazy things because you're, you're willing to go through any and all kind of gymnastics to get where you want to go up here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's so good. Absolutely. And um, we are more than capable, I believe, um, of discerning the times. I think that, you know, God has equipped us to, and I think we just, um, we need to to check back in. Yes. Check back in for yes. t- trusting the, some, the things that are in us. Yeah. Because God put them there to be able totally. to say, mm, that's not right. I feel that, I know we, we need to wrap up shortly, just because I'm going to type your whole day. I mean, I would do this forever. But I mean, I even feel this way, and I don't know if this seems like a random thing to say, but I feel like that not only in terms of like um, the most basic definition of common sense. I mean, I think that a lot right now about stuff like history. Okay, if we if we paid attention to history, there's so many currents that we can understand. There's so many things right now mm-hmm. that are perfectly discernible. If we paid any attention to our past, if we paid any attention to the stories of the people we came from and how we got here, there, there it's like... <laughs> it's it's not all new, but when you're not a student of history, like when you don't pay attention to that, when you don't pay attention to science, when you don't pay, you know, I feel like these are 
these are resources that God has given us. And instead, it's almost a time in which, you know, people that have been trained in these disciplines, historians, scientists, scholars, teachers, are under suspicion. Like, you know, we question the people that have the resources to most connect us to the created order and to the story of how we got here. Like, those are the people we're most suspicious of in favor of the... It's just weird to me. It is weird. It is very, very weird. I... I don't know how you deny a dinosaur bone. I don't right. know. Like, I don't know how you work that out. Right. Like, I see them. Yes. I see the bones. Like, I, like, what are we talking about? Yes. Like, what are we saying? Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. yeah. I mean, I could yeah. go on and on and on yeah. with that, yeah. but yeah, people, like, you know, God is in it. Yes, that's you know? right. That's right. God, God is, as far as I'm concerned, yes. God made it all. Yes. God was in it all. That's we right. might not understand it all, right. but I don't, but guess what? We got to lay that down too. We don't have to understand it all. Yeah. You know, being people that chase after God isn't about understanding God from head to toe. Yeah. That's not getting ready to happen. Yeah. You know? So, um I, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I every everything that God has created is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good and mm-hmm. We just need to stop bucking up against the historians yeah. and stop bucking up against the scientists. Because these are amazing people, man, that God has yeah. given them incredible skill. Yeah. Like the fact that, you know, they could take a, a, a sample of something and date it yes. back to like 10,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. That's amazing to mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? And so I'm just... So I'm just saying that yeah. I'm not gonna d- deny the dinosaur bones. <laughs> I is... believe the dinosaurs existed. I don't know how that works out in the scripture. I didn't see dinosaurs in the scripture. I'm very clear on that. Maybe y'all found the dinosaurs in the scripture. I did not, but dinosaurs did live because we got big, humongous bones that say they d- they did. I want this that's whole it. minute to this got to be like a meme. Or there's something in this that's gonna be meme worthy. Is like CZ <laughs> believes listen. the dinosaur. It's but the, it, it like. It, it is representative of, of, of a broader thing. Like, it really is. This idea of just taking it. And, and I love what you said, too. But, like, no, I know there's plenty of things we don't understand about God. Like, no, I don't understand uh, how c- communion works. I don't understand the nature of the Trinity. But you know what? I can know fascism when I see it right. if I pay That's attention right. to history. Like, these That's things right. are just, these, these things are revealed. That's right. And I, sometimes I really do think that God, even in God's mercy, is a little bit like, okay, if you want to completely ignore everything I've put at your disposal in terms of the world that's created, the stories that have been told that, you know, like all this, all this wonder um, and all these beautiful people and re- like, if, if we want to ignore that, like, okay, you can, you can make up the story as you go if you want to, mm-hmm. but you know, there are consequences for that. Yeah, man. Listen, listen, let's start reading. Okay. Let's start reading a whole lot more than we've ever read. Yes. I start paying attention, man, to history and to, you know, the medical world. I think, you know, I think it would it would suit us well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Thank you, Cece. This has been For an sure. amazing conversation Absolutely. as always. Appreciate as you taking always. this hour with Thank us and sharing your perspective. Um, for those of you who are watching and or listening, um, always appreciate your support. Mm-hmm. If you Review us. Um, that helps a lot. Sharing helps a whole lot. Um, liking helps a lot. And certainly um, contributing on Patreon helps a lot. So there's a link through JonathanMartinWords.com. Uh, thanks for joining us for this Friday edition of the Zeitcast. And we'll be right back 
coming at you on Monday. Take it easy, you guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.